I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Basketball Podcast with two hosts who don't seem to know that much or care that much about basketball. This is the NBA Advanced Analytics Podcast. With um, Guy Williams here in Auckland, New Zealand, and Paul Williams from New York City. Live from New York, it's Wednesday night. So this is the Advanced Analytics Podcast, um, where I am losing faith in basketball every week. And I think yeah. people are as well. TV ratings are down. NBA Reddit, um, 538 did a comment about how NBA Reddit posts, the number of Reddit posts are down. Paul, are you, are you, how are you feeling about the NBA at the moment? I'm enjoying it. Uh, I mean, I only really watch the magic, but I mean, what's not to enjoy there? <laughs> the Orlando Magic, one of the most pleasurable teams in the league. Um, <laughs> Please don't say pleasurable. I was disappointed just to see that Tyler Hero... I went to um, Hong Kong and I bought a Japanese basketball magazine. Shout out to Hong Kong, by the way, A, for the independence movement and B, for um, just being a great place. I really was impressed. I really like Hong Kong. I bought a Japanese basketball magazine and Mm. while I couldn't read it and the guy at the store warned me that it was in Chinese, but I don't think he realized it's actually Japanese, XXL. uh, Wait, how did he not know? Yeah, good point. I think he might have just looked at... (laughs) <laughs> okay, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't speak Chinese. I'm pretty sure XXL Magazine, I'm, I bought it from Japan before, I'm pretty sure the characters I'm looking at are Japanese. I'm not smart, I'm not knowledgeable about the world, but I know what Japanese letters look like. Wait, what's to... the magazine called? XXL? That's a hip-hop magazine. No, no, yeah, no, but in Japan it's a basketball magazine, or in China. Well, someone's on. copied someone there. Anyway, the point is the guy was like, you look very white and you can't read this magazine. That's. I have a relatable story. I went into a, an Indian place, a restaurant, the other night, and the guy was like, can I get you a butter chicken? What? Like, right off the bat. And I was like, what? I, I was angry. I was like, man, what are you doing? What are you talking about? You were angry. And then I accidentally... Looks like racism uh, affects us all. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Then you accidentally what? Ordered a oh, I won't go into it. Yeah, I kind of did. I think maybe in America they call tikka masala butter chicken. <laughs> I think I accidentally ordered it. No. Wait, wait, wait. So you went in there, the guy's like, do you want a butter chicken? And then you went in there and you're like, no. And then you're like, I'll look at the menu. You look for the menu... And was butter chicken on the menu? I didn't see it, but the men- the menu was like a board on the wall. But there- it was a confusing menu because there was like a list of curries. But then on the list next to it, it was just like chicken curry, beef curry. And there was just like these ones that were just called like the meat and then the curry. Yeah. And so I don't know what's going on, but there was no- I couldn't see butter okay. chicken anywhere. So how did you end up at this shit restaurant? This is ridiculous. 
late at night um wanted indian it, it, it had a great vibe yeah and so you yeah. sit down and the guy's like do you want butter chicken no you don't sit down we didn't sit down we walked in oh instead. And, just, and so it was like takeaway right yeah did anyone of. else order butter chicken or anything else no did anyone else order anything that was did they get the right order they wanted no wait was it were you by yourself or was i feel like we're getting sidetracked no no i just want to get to the bottom of this i just want to get to the bottom of this right do, like did the guy just give you a butter chicken regardless of what you ordered and think oh, you want maybe that? well here's the thing it tasted like a very plain butter chicken okay because you're when- you're you're because your theory this is better than your theory which is that in they have they call um in america they call butter no. chicken tikka masala but here's where your theory breaks down the guy who made the jibe about ordering butter chicken was not the guy who put who served the food and and scooped it and put it into like. Yeah, but you can still go back and go give him a butter chicken. That's what he wants. Nah, they, they didn't talk. They were right in front of me, and they didn't communicate the whole time. Oh, no. did they just? Did they just? Was this pre-prepared out of your vision, or was it just scooped out of the pun in the front of you? It was in fr- right in front of me. It was like a ma- it was like magic. They never. <laughs> I never couldn't see it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How many curries were in front of you? heaps let's move on and it's time for basketball chat it's time for the week in review week in review what what's what's been interesting to you okay sounds like someone hasn't done any prep (laughs) no i was just like ready for your big basketball chat and i always i always dictate the conversation so I was like, hey, let's throw the ball to Paul's court and see what he's done. Well, sounds like somebody hasn't done any prep. <laughs> Is that and, you? Well, you know, I I like to keep prep to a minimum. Yeah. <laughs> um, three, one, two, two, one. one. Grizzlies might Chris make the Paul playoffs. Paul revenge game. Yeah, okay. You Grizzlies right was there. actually the next on my list. So should we start with Grizzlies? I don't think the Grizzlies are that interesting. They're just like a... Like, the bottom of the Western Conference is not as good as people thought it was going to be, and the Grizzlies are much better than they thought it was going to be. Um, I want to Grizzlies talk about cool. so my prediction at the start of the season, which I was stoked with because I had I didn't really think it through much, but like we were doing preseason uh, terrible predictions, yeah. and I said Ja Morant Rookie of the Year, and I was like I just pulled that out because I watched him play the New Zealand Breakers and was like, damn, that's a guy seems super skilled. Um, really um, confident, which is important for a rookie, and also um, like he's going to score a lot on a shocking team. And um, I've been proven right, but not just that. The Grizzlies are way better than expected. And I've been really You're stocked- also missing that he was he's essentially the number yeah. one pick. Yeah, that's 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 where I fell favorite. over. I, 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 I forgot that, that I essentially picked the favorite and um, he was the second pick in the draft. Um, and the first pick hasn't played, so making him... The favorite, Literally the number one favorite. My my other prediction that I was proud of was well, I was sure Zion wasn't going to play this season, but now apparently he is going to play on the twentieth. So yeah. amazed because that's quite impressive. Because like in the NBA, we've been cynical about these Nike athletes, you know Ben Simmons. Yeah, I like it as well. Year. I like, and, like if he comes on... back and not caring about Rookie of the Year, it's pretty good, man. Someone on Twitter was like, "What are you doing? Like, hold out, win Rookie of the Year." Ben Simmons talked to this guy or something. Yeah. And I was like, nah, screw that. Like, who cares about Rookie of the Year? Yeah, it's a really stupid award. And it's really gone down in value. 
Like there was a few years ago, I feel like when Rookie of the Year was like, yeah, meant something. Really, really important. But also like, I remember when I was a kid watching and learning about Jason Kidd only because, you know, it was before like the internet and um, even ESPN was available in New Zealand. Mm. And you'd literally learn about Jason Kidd because you'd only, all you'd hear about in New Zealand through the newspaper and through like the occasional Basel magazine was like Michael Jordan, the Utah Jazz and the Orlando Magic, right? Like that's pretty much mm. all you'd hear about. Maybe the Charlotte Hornets or what, what what bits of NBA. I got most of my NBA news from the Fresh Prince of Ballet TV show. Yeah. So I knew about like the Charlotte Hornets, right? <laughs> and, um, and and then what happened was, um, what happened? Oh yeah, like awards would be like a way to find out who the best dunker was, whoever won the dunk contest. Even yeah. though that person would be quite, you'd learn about like Isaiah Ryder or like quite weird people. But the first time I heard of Jason Kidd, um, was was because he won Rookie of the Year, and I didn't. I mean, obviously, mm. if you were following the NBA properly, you would know that. But like for kids, it's like the first you, first you hear about a star. Kind here's of Paul. Here's Paul. Don't lie. Yeah. If you when you win Roy, you sh- your name sh- your first name should become Roy. Okay. And so, like for the rest of your career, you'll be Roy Kid. But you'd have a lot. You'd have a lot of players with the name Roy then in the NBA. Yeah, but it would be like a huge honor. And if you if your real name your birth name was Roy, you had to change it when you got drafted. You could only gonna, be called Roy if you're a Roy. I'm going to come out and say this is a very solid it, idea. Yes, it would help us remember. It's like, you know how like they did that thing where they put like gold on the back of your neck if you'd won a championship? It was really dumb, I thought. It was really dumb. Um, Although they uh, stopped doing it, haven't yeah, they? Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, and, the, and, and the Raptors... Does that mean the Raptors don't have it? What you should have... Do you know what you should have? You should have if you're the defending champ, you should have some sort of very small symbol do you know what that gold on the back of your neck was though probably it was probably just to increase jersey sales for a company yeah. you know like you know just like to get people excited about if, like if i was a franchise who hadn't won i would have just redesigned my jersey and it just add a little touch of gold like and just be like it's part of the design yeah that's a good point well like the pelicans the worst yeah. jerseys in India. you were, you were oh, saying about the raptors as well like they you know probably had they like well they had a chance to put a little gold on there no one would have noticed yeah well, the rap- yeah, the Raptors should have something on the uniform that signifies maybe just a gold outline around the NBA logo on the back. I don't know. Anyway, the defending champ, I feel like, should have like some sort of champions badge, like it's they have cool. in, in soccer. Yeah, yeah, it's cool to have the stars and the uh, like international football teams, but um, obviously, it'd be crazy if the Celtics just had like all these freaking stars 45. everywhere. Yeah, that was that was the problem with the um, gold badge on the back of the net is that so many teams had them, like the Milwaukee Bucks where you yeah. can't even remember that they won a championship, and they did. Yeah. And you don't want to devalue, like, a 1940s championship, but, like, it's kind of, it's not super relevant. Well, I guess it's relevant. I don't know. you got to remember the part. The point is that the gold thing on the back was a dumb idea, and congratulations to the Celtics on their 45 championships. Hmm. Um, okay, so do you actually care about the Grizzlies, though? Because I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a decent story, but... It's probably, uh, it, it yeah, looks I like a Suns a good in chance disguise. they don't make the playoffs. Like, I'm just, I, I don't know when Yusuf Nurkic is coming back, but like, I kind of think Portland are going to figure it out. Are, are, they the, are they in the, are they in the, Portland's going real bad though. Are, are Portland even in the running? Are they yeah, they're, they're two much? games back from the Grizzlies and. Which is and crazy because the they're going spot. terrible. Um, yeah. yeah I, Portland's uh, three and seven in their last 10. Yeah. I just think they're having bad luck with injuries a bit. Um, like it, once they get some players back and maybe can stop Mello from being on the court, 
Um, I would say definitely it's going to be the Spurs. You got to remember how important it is that they make it, like for Popovich and the Spurs history. Like it'd be it'd be really good if they could keep their playoff runs alive. Like that's the most. I guess the Trailblazers probably have the most talent if they can get their if they can get their. Uh, and I've always liked the Blazers, but like. Yeah, the Spurs are really fighting, and they're not bad, and they'll, you know, they're getting their shit together. And yeah, yeah the Grizzlies are eight and two. So are the Thunder. That's interesting, eh? Yeah, eight and two. What Grizzlies won six in a row. Wait, we've got to check strength of schedule, eh? We've got to check the last games. No, they've had some good wins. Rockets, Rockets, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Spurs. Yeah. Clippers. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they're Jaron Jackson Jr. is gonna be a huge star like just a tall ass guy who blocks shots and shoots threes well like he's finally i think figuring out how to not foul out every single game and mm. then jar Morant is star okay and i then, guess uh, the re- yeah they've it is got, re- good, and they've got good veteran pieces like jay crowd is a guy i've always kind of rated in terms of just being like a feisty kind of winning basketball kind of guy and i'm stoked for memphis because they're one of those bad luck teams that Never gets much of a chance or much of a much of a view. No, but, it's been um, a pretty quick rebuild when you think about it, though. Like they were like playoffs, and then like, yeah, nah, two years off, and then like the Gasol, the Gasol Conley Conley um, team was pretty depressing for the last three years because they just got injured every year, and mm. you know, like never um, were always like eight seed. Um, no, no. Oh, the other thing that's cool is like how their I think their pick is like. Going is not they doesn't belong to them is like they're giving it to Boston or whatever. That's embarrassing. So it's it's kind of no, but it's kind of cool that um they're doing better than they thought. Apparently, like, this is going to be a really work. rough draft as well. So apparently, yeah. like you kind of almost want to be picking like five to ten or ten yeah, to twenty yeah. because like who knows where the gold is going to be when mm. you know if the number if the number if you're getting um the ball brother from Australia um as your number one pick then. It's, it's a pretty dodgy start. Yeah. So the reason I was negative on the Grizzlies, and it, it's really not a good reason, and this is why I'm a bad person, but like, I just really hate it when teams do well before their time. Like, the Grizzlies clearly aren't ready to make a run anywhere, but, you know, the, the West is weaker than we thought, and, um, like, no one expected it to be, everyone expected it to be, like, the top 10 positions, like brutal competition. And it just hasn't worked out that way. But like, I just remember the Suns from maybe five, 10 years ago when they were trying to rebuild. And then they had like 12 point guards and they actually turned out to be quite good with Dragic and Bledsoe and all that. And they had a good year and they made it to the playoffs and that if them for years to come, because then they signed those guys, you know, like tried to build around that when you've actually got a kind of looking good. I think they've got some good young pieces. Yeah, as long as long as as long as they don't read into it and be like unrealistic about where they actually are sitting. But you're right; they're right. They have got good young young pieces. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of another team like that that like prematurely like just like locked in. Oh, Timberwolves. Yeah, Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Uh, like we've got this. I'm worried. Okay, the Nuggets are good. I always hate on the Nuggets because Andrew likes them and they're doing great this year and they're going to be a second round team, but probably a second round exit. I'm worried about the Nuggets and just because. They are already kind of locked in to this team. And it's like, yeah, they can do other things, but the ownership's not going to spend crazy. And they've got two max players now, pretty much. And, um, yeah, I just... Murray I and Jokic. I saw someone online criticizing, like, the Jamal Murray signing. 
But I'm finding it weird when people online are like criticizing stuff that's like going pretty well. Like the Nuggets are the third seed in the West. Like they're going. Yeah, but no well. one. But yeah, no, no. That, that, that's, that's exactly right. This is. But this is exactly my point. It's like, what's their ceiling though? And it's like the what, the way the the way. No, it's not. The Nuggets are not serious contenders this year. Do you honestly no. think that it is? I think they are. I think if you're a top three seed seed in the west you're okay are the nuggets going to beat the lakers or clippers in a seven game series no no chance are they going to beat the rockets no no chance are they going to beat the spurs well probably struggle yeah could yeah could beat anyone are they going to beat the bucks Sixers, or celtics no they could i think they could be any of these teams I, I I just strongly. I mean, this is one where we'll have to come back and rehash it. But I think they're just a guaranteed second round exit, um, okay. and it's just because partly because they're young. Like I always hate on them because they're young. Like last year, they just like, you know, like just weren't experienced enough or didn't have enough. Like I don't know, like just like savvy veterans. Mm. But um, yeah, I just I just you just. The way the Warriors were so successful, one of the ways besides drafting awesome, which is what the um, Nuggets have done, is um, having Curry get injured and sign him for like half of what he turned out to be worth. And you know, like the way the Miami Heat were so successful was by three stars taking a pay cut. Somewhere in your roster, you have to find value. And maybe the Nuggets can have two highly paid players and every other player is like an amazing value pick, which is kind of what the OKC Thunder tried to do for years. But eventually, yeah, pay like Stephen Adams twenty million dollars, and then you have no flexibility, and you you're effed. And I'm like, the Nuggets could already be like locked in, and then what do you do? You've just got to hope Michael Porter Williams, Porter, <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. stays healthy. It's there's so many people called Williams that you just like every three name person. I just shove Williams on there for some reason. And Michael Porter Jr. is not even three names; he's two names anyway. Um, you hope you've, they've just got to hope Michael Porter Jr. stays healthy, which is a pretty big hope. But nice to see him showing some signs. Yeah, that was too negative, but I'm a negative guy, I guess. And um, and congratulations to the Nuggets and all their success because they are like one of the feel-good stories. And it's amazing how I always manage to twist them to be uh, okay negative. Next big story: the Chris Paul revenge game. See, is this? Actually, do you actually care about this? Yeah, I thought it was. A- I like I watched it because I was like, "This is an exciting game." Um, yeah, Rockets versus coming back to OKC. Yeah, try and si- silence his haters, aka me. Yeah, Chris Paul out for revenge against the Rockets, who kind of kicked him to the curb. It felt a bit like they did. Yeah, uh, and CP3. It was incredible. He dribbles through a guy's legs, finishes with a floater crowd going crazy he's trying to calm them down out of like mm. weirdly like football styles out of respect for his old club yeah and then subs himself out with his team up by like 30 points yeah well crazy. the rocket the rockets are kind of in a little bit of a mid-season malaise um harden played a really poor game that game right and if harden plays poorly the rockets are never going to beat anyone yeah i guess it's um, the old put there's an expression called don't put your eggs in one basket and the Rockets have not learned this lesson for six straight years running and it looks like they're going to have this problem seven straight years running. I realized how much I didn't like Russell Westbrook during his tribute video. I didn't even cry. That really speaks volumes. <laughs> he had a good game though, didn't he? Well, that's, but that's the thing. I don't like when people just talk about how good someone's game was in a loss. Like, it's like... 
When? Like he scores 30 points. Cool. Yeah. Win the game. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Don't lose by 30. Yeah, but you can. Yeah, but then you go like. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. This, Sometimes, this, like yeah. this, is legit one of the main issues I have with Westbrook is like people are always like triple double, but it's like yeah. when like get the. I, I, I'm, 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 def- I'm definitely, I'm definitely like that with Harden, but like I mean, revenge games don't mean shit. Like it used, I used to really enjoy the spectacle of watching um, some random shit kicker Bobby Portis like get revenge on his Chicago Bulls or whatever. But like now, like it, it, it happens every time. Like so many players. Kelly Olynyk, I feel like he's been traded eight times, and he just like will put like thirty-seven on like the team that he used to play for, and then not be good pretty much the rest of the. You know, like there's so many guys who have good revenge games, and it's a really weird spectacle when you see a guy try a hundred percent in a game that they've been lining up for like two years. When it's like, why don't you just bring that every night, and you could be an all-star? Um, but for some reason, revenge games count for a lot. For some reason, the Rockets are pretty apathetic at the moment. Obviously, Westbrook wanted to play well, and he did. He played decent. Obviously, Chris Paul wanted to play well, and he did. And um, it is a real interesting narrative, I think, um, if the Thunder are better than they were last year with Westbrook and Paul George. I think it's really interesting. Mm, I um, I went and saw the Thunder live to give them the Paul Williams eye test. Yeah. And uh, they were down with about a few minutes to go, I think. And the people I was with... Uh, some New Zealand friends who were visiting, uh, they asked who I thought was going to win. And it wasn't looking good for the Thunder, but I, I said, the Thunder, Chris Paul is going to lead them back. You know, he's the savvy veteran is going to lead them back. Were they the playing flight. the Brooklyn Nets here? They were. But man, did he lead them back well. It was crazy. <laughs> it was like, it was like they were cruising the whole game. And then with the last three minutes, he was just like switched it on put the team on his back and it was just like let's get this W and get out of here it was impressive went to overtime they they actually really nearly like basically if Spencer Dinwiddie had hit a free throw they would have lost um still but um Chris Paul is an amazing story because he is an unbelievable player and just an NBA tragedy because and it's kind of his own fault for being a bit of a douche and trying to force trades but he was supposed to go to the Lakers, and that way he would have won championships and been remembered as you know. If he'd if he'd gone to the Lakers, he would have probably was it him that was supposed to go to the Lakers? Yeah, um, and they yeah. NBA cancelled the trade right because they owned the, the, in their defence they did own the team and was trading away their best player. But anyway, he if he'd gone to the Lakers, right, he possibly would have a couple of championships and be remembered like by Lakers fans. You know, if you're a Lakers player, you're remembered like ten places higher than we should be. Yeah. He'd be automatically one of the greatest point guards of all time if he had a championship. And He'd he be went on to the like Clip- Kyle Kuzma level of like NBA legend. And and he went to the Clippers, and you're like, um, you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. Um, he he went, he went to the Clippers and um, was just like great, but the Clippers never won anything. And then and then he went to the Rockets, and it was kind of a good story because just like just like Harden keeps on having these stories of like two guys that never won anything coming together to form a super team to win something and still just like with bad luck and being robbed by injuries. And I don't think they would have been the Warriors with him, but like it's a big what if in I'm, NBA history. I'm really rooting for him now. I feel like he's gone full circle for me where like rookie Chris Paul and like early like New Orleans Chris Paul, I like loved. Partly yeah. Because his jersey said my name on the back. 
But yeah. also, I just, I just really liked him. Liked his, you know, fun yeah. point guard. Yeah. Then, like during those Clippers days, really started to dislike him. They were, they were one of the most. It was, a, it was a bad, it was a bad chemistry mix that Clippers team. They yeah. had Blake, who is whiny, Paul, who is whiny, and Doc Rivers, who's the king of the wines. So together, they were just like all. That's why I had, I had to leave the Clippers because of that. Yeah, he became very hateable, and then he joined the Rockets, who I already hated, and you know, mm. m- maybe even liked him less. But now I'm like, he's kind of like an underdog. Don't let him trick you, man. Nah, he's tricked me. Don't I'm let him board. trick you. Because the thing about Chris, Chris Paul, Paul is you've got to remember that you look at him and you're like, he's so great. He's so talented. There's nothing he can't do. And he's just like a beautiful player to watch. Like the way he plays, fadeaway jump shots, little floaters in the lane, beautiful passes, nice prick and roll is so aesthetic to watch. And the problem is is that when you see him jumping into players, hooking players' arms, you realize he's as bad as James Harden, if not worse, because James Harden is like, at least like that's his brand. He is Hitler. He is, you know, you know, like that's what he I does. Like he's Chris like a, Paul's a, embraced it as his brand a bit. Yeah, but he's, no, but, yeah, but he, that's when you hated him, right? And now he's back being this like lovable, like guy who's leading the losers to the, the playoffs. But, like, don't be tricked. He's still that guy. If you still watch a game, he's still doing that. He's still, um, you know, the whiny bully that he always was. It's just that there's less attention and pressure on him, so he seems more likable. But, yeah. I'm on, it's, it's, I'm on the bandwagon. His, the story of his career is a tragedy, but I can't help but say that he didn't bring a lot of it on himself. Okay. Next so, story. No, so, what so the, write down? The, reason, the reason I thought this, um, this was interesting was because I was like, man, if the Thunder this year, and don't get me wrong, they're probably more balanced. You know, they traded Paul George away for so many asset, assets. And Shay Galax, Gil, oh, I'm not going to say his name. Shay Gilgis Alexander. Um, he is great. Gallinari is healthy, which is unbelievable. Yeah, like, ne- has never thing. happened before. You know, think of the number of teams where they're like, Last man, year, Gallinari was. Happened. This is. This is Gallinari's history. Mm-hmm. I'd always get him on my fantasy team. The guy's yeah. a baller. Every year, he'd break my heart. Yeah. And get injured for the rest of the season. Last year, finally, I'm like, I've just got to stop. I've got to learn, not draft <laughs> him. He plays the full season, balls out, is like top 30 player or something. And uh, you it have finally, the, the year I got rid of him was the year he got healthy. This year, so this year I've got him. And so far, I mean, he missed the game I went to the other day, but he, um, <laughs> he's he, he's, he's, he's probably going to break down again. But um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to wish it. I'm the bad, wood, I'm the bad person who thinks everyone's going to get injured and it's bad. Can you touch okay. it? Yeah, I'm always on wood. It's a wooden table, mate. Yeah, I'm but always... touch it with your hand. Okay, all right. Okay. Um, my point is, is that. What that being true, that like they traded so many assets for Paul George, and it's and, and at least two of them are very effective now. So it's effective, effectively two for one, um, mm-hmm. plus a future. Paul George, I think, should have more pressure. Like yeah. a few years ago, he was second in the Eastern Conference only to LeBron James. He was this amazing clutch player who could shoot from three meters outside the line, defend anyone. I don't know and if he was clutch. He was always like. Oh well, well uh, yeah, yeah. So you're right. You're right. He was he was famously not clutch, right? Like mm. statistically, no he was not. And, and and a bit of a dick. And let's be honest, he's probably a bit of an idiot. But he's an awesome, awesome dunker, beautiful player to watch, 
physically like just unbelievable, right? Yeah. And he goes to he goes to Thunder, and that made him likable because he's one of the few players to go to a small market team. Yeah. Now he's forced his way out of that, ruined. You know the he basically finished what KD started in terms of just like ruining one of the great franchises, the OKC. I mean, I mean the OKC Thunder. I guess deserve their curse for leaving Seattle. But besides that, like the last ten years, OKC and the big three that became the big two that became the OKC big one that Thunder, became the big, one of the great franchises. Of the last 10 years, yeah, probably yeah, the, no, w- no, w- one saying. of the great, yeah. You see my, that though, like, that makes me think, like, of all time. Like, no, as soon as I, as soon as I said it, I, I remember that they stole their franchise OKC from Thunder. Seattle. Yeah. But my, 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 my point is, is that it was a big three and it was supposed to be forever. And they lost one, but you're like, they've still got two. And then they lost two and now they got one. And then Paul George just, like, finished them off. You know, remember how happy they were when they got Paul George and they're like, we're yeah. back and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, he's a villain. <sighs> He's he smashed player. him into the ground, right? And now, so he's like, he's basically like being a bastard to two players. And, and OKC fans don't hate him. And the reason there's no backlash is because by absolute fluke, oh, he, he re-signed with them, which was an honorable thing to do. And so as a result, by fluke, even though they knew the player wanted out, they got a huge return for him and they're doing okay. So OKC fans are fine. But like, he could ruin that franchise forever. Like, Why what if they don't he do that? What do you mean? Wouldn't it have made more if he was a free agent, like, and had just gone and joined the um the the Clippers? Didn't he play two seasons? So he he oh, played he he went on the last year of his deal, played for the um, Thunder, and then they're like, oh, this is in our year, we're going to run it back. So he resigned, and then oh, they and then they sucked again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, my yeah. point okay, is, okay, he's okay. So, he's so talented, he should be up there in the top ten, top five players in the league. Mm. And I feel like now we need to start putting pressure on him. I'm not saying like bag him for the dick things he's done in the past, which he has done a lot, has done a lot. Do you know he cheated on Doc Rivers' daughter and now Doc Rivers is his coach? No. Did I tell you that before? That's crazy, eh? Yeah. Anyway, anyway, besides that amazing piece of information. Oh, and Doc Rivers' daughter is now married to a Curry. She married to the Curry family, right? She married to uh, Seth Curry. Yeah, right. And, um... I didn't realize this, but um, the other Curry sister... Well, I'm confused. Oh, no. She's married to a Curry brother. The Currys have a sister yeah. who's a weird like Instagram influencer. like I guess lifestyle guru or whatever. It just means just a rich person on Instagram. She, she was a volleyball player previously. She's Dang married to a player on the current roster's warrior. How, uh, yeah, who they just signed for three years. Damien warrior's Lee. roster. Apparently, apparently, I looked into it because I was like, this is dodgy. But like apparently they he's okay and they need him, but that's pretty weird, right? Yeah. Anyway, no, um, that's kind of cool. Paul George, business. where are you, man? Like the the Clip, the Clippers are bad, and like you can go, oh, we're coasting area for the playoffs. But if he disappoints in the playoffs, like if he does well in the playoffs this year, all is forgiven. All kind of, I think. Okay, the Clippers fans have and- been weird, and all the fans online just keep saying they haven't been playing together, they haven't been practicing together. Like no one's been healthy at the same time, hmm. but I think even without that, they've been weird and they don't have that same vibe they had last year. Yeah, they're That's still no, they definitely don't have that. But they're still my favourites, um, yeah. just because I think their roster is good and enough. Just like waiting for the playoffs. A little bit, and I just believe in, after Kawhi last year, I just believe in him so much that I'm like, he's definitely going to ramp it up. 
Paul George, you know it is in there. Yeah, I think they've really gone down in my rankings of favorites. I don't know. Oh, and everyone's has. They've literally gone down literally on the rankings. Like, they're like the fifth seed okay. in, in a disappointing West. Like, they've, they've okay, been going... Okay, Mr. I called Ja Morant. Yeah, I just don't care about... Yeah, anyway. Um, my other... This is my list of people who, who should have more pressure. The Celtics. Um, the Celtics are just up and down. Like one week they're like top of the power rankings, and the next week they're losing to the Knicks or whatever. But the Celtics, it's quite amazing because for ten years we've all laughed about how funny it was when the Celtics cheated the Brooklyn Nets um, out of a um, out, out of uh, some old players to get five draft picks or whatever. They've spent those draft picks. They've signed up their future. And what is their team? Are they a contender? Well, technically yes, because they're in the East. And, you know, they're at least the third seed, probably second, because 76ers are struggling to get their shit together. Celtics need more pressure and more criticism because they, you know, they should be better, I think. And it looks like now, if you look at the Celtics-Brooklyn trade, and I realize it's an insane thing to say, but I like saying crazy things. Um, maybe Brooklyn are closer, looking more promising for a championship than the Celtics are. I don't know about that. They got Kevin Durant and Kyrie yeah, Irving. The Celtics yeah. have built a team against goddamn so Kemba Walker. Nets games this year, and, and they, I mean, I know they ha- they haven't had KD, and they've been missing Kyrie for a lot of it. But mm. they kind of depress me this year. And last they year, are they are so cool. they are they they are very depressing. It's disappointing to see Spencer Dinwiddie, who I love, who's got a goatee of a seventy five year old man. Mm. He um or like a yeah. samurai. Oh, don't give him that much credit, mate. Kind of looks um, like a samurai. Another player, another player who I think needs more pressure and more criticism. Brad mm. Stevens. Like, remember how 10 years ago, five years ago, people thought he was a genius? And mm. it's like, well, let's see. It's time for some geniusness, mate. Uh, you've had some injuries. I think the Celtics are dangerous, man. And they're also evil. The way they year, screwed Isaiah Thomas, they're evil. Mm. The Celtics also deserve, much like the OKC Thunder, they deserve to be cursed. The way they screwed OKC Thunder, uh, uh, they screwed Isaiah Thomas to sign a deal with the devil, aka Kyrie Irving, who got the last. Yeah, that's why I'm going to sign a deal with the devil, man. And I know I was upping Brooklyn for also signing a deal with the devil, but what can I say? I'm a walking contradiction. Um, okay, next uh, big story. No, next person. Just, I'm still doing my yeah. appeal who should have more, more pressure lists. Okay, okay. I don't know um, the list. Tobias Harris, what are you doing? Yeah, well, I reckon all those 76ers, what are you doing? No, Tobias Harris is getting $33 million, though. Yeah, well, okay. It's know. so much money. He's like one of the highest paid players in the league. And he's like, I'm going to be like the fourth man. Yeah, but I think also, I actually think a lot of blame has to go on GM Alton Brand. <laughs> the Sixers should be favorites this year or... At least one of, I feel like they're not even really even in the picture at the moment. I, I, um, I, I, I still, I still pick last them to year. Turn it I think they and... could have won a championship, but Alton Brand. I feel like, I guess last year they were pretty stacked, but mm. and and this year the starting five is still kind of stacked. But like, just the moves he's done, I think have been weird. Yeah. Like instead of like Ben Simmons can't shoot, and everyone's always like he should learn to shoot, but also like they were kind of before Alton Brand, it did seem like they were surrounding him with shooters. Yeah. You know, they had J.J. Redick. Um, Covington. Covington. Uh, Dario Saric, I think, can kind of shoot. Could that little um, white guy shoot? Who they throw to the paces? Korkmaz. 
He couldn't shoot. Um, no, no. Um, yeah, Laundry Shamit. Shout out to Cork. I always think it should be Laundry Shamay. But anyway, Laundry Shamit. Um, even TJ McConnell. Like all these guys that have lost. It's like. I don't know if they're... they're TJ McConnell couldn't it. shoot. I forgot about that. I was just naming it. Yeah, but just like as a backup point guard. As a, he, was a heart, he was the heart and soul of the team. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Mic'd up the other day. It was quite good, I thought. But I, I, I was okay with their team, right? I was like, okay, they've lost Butler. That was weird. Mm. I, well, I wish they'd re-signed him. I was like, this is... He, he's a toxic presence, and if, if the players have got problems in the changing rooms, you've got to get rid of them. But they've got four four good players, right? They got Harris, Richardson, Embiid, and Simmons. Horford. That's that's a pretty good st- start of a team. They got five good players. Who's the other one? Al Horford. I don't think you see it. Oh yeah, Al Horford. Yeah, they're yeah. stacked, and I yeah. I do expect them to turn it round. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. We've, in the previous podcast, we've speculated the old fire coach strategy. I don't know if that's smart. I'm um, sorry, man. I interrupted you. What um, What is your big story of the week? Oh, no, I don't really have one. It just, it, my sheet just says Demar Derozan on Boucher. <laughs> More of just a, a dunk that was great dunk. Yeah, it, it annoys me because um, I've been trying to put together the the thesis that. Um, NBA, NBA dunking has gone really downhill and is not good anymore. And then so every time there is a good Vicious. dunk. Every time there is a good dunk. Anytime I, uh, the guys smash into each other and l- l- end up lying on top of each other on the ground, yeah, you know it was a great dunk. Oh, what about this though? What about this? Um, that was against the Raptors. Yeah, revenge. Yeah, yeah a- another shitty player who is getting his revenge wow. game as he... No, DeRo- DeRozan, again, DeRozan, love the guy, Raptors legend, feels sorry about how he's treated by the Raptors. However, he kind of brings his bad will on himself by being a kind of bad player who is now, you know, just fading into obscurity. And you can't just have one good game against your old team to justify your huge paycheck and your inability to adapt to the modern NBA, you know? Mm. But what a dunk. Should we move on? Is it that time right about that time for the stars to roll on out? It is. It's that time, right about that time, for the stars to roll on out. It is. No. Be you can't spell hashtag pure magic. Without A.G. Aaron Gordon with the game-winning buzzer beater and one against the Sacramento Kings. What a game. What a play. Did you see it? No, I actually missed this. Was you this probably yesterday? didn't because it didn't even get on the front page of Reddit because they were too busy with like weird like freaking Lakers highlights or something 
from like niche, like not even good highlights. You should um you should um, upload it now and go appeal missed this because that's quite interesting. Um, here's what happened: the Magic are cruising to a win over the Kings the whole game. Then in the clutch, we start really choking up. We suddenly cannot stop De'Aaron Fox to save ourselves. He just dribbles up the court and does a layup every possession. He's <laughs> cutting into the lead. It's looking really bad. It's really funny when that happens in the NBA. I guess it happens more in the regular season of the playoffs and with teams with bad D. But like when one player just decides to take over at the end of a game and no one can stop them and you're like, why don't you just do this the whole game? Just drive in and do a layup because yeah, you're yeah. unstoppable. Okay, but to fully appreciate this moment, we need to rewind Two games prior, the Magic, um, they blow out the Wizards G League team by 34 points. But then two games, one game prior, sorry, that was just two games prior. One game prior, we were shorthanded, obviously no Jonathan Isaac, no Aaron Gordon, no DJ Augustine. We, we're losing to Phoenix most of the game, but then we take the lead with a couple minutes to go. It looks like we've got it in the bag. Uh, I think we're up five with about 90 seconds to go. We lose the game in horrible fashion. Mark Howard has a bad turnover to Devin Booker, who's just hit a three. He dribbles down fast break, pulls up another three, crazy move, hits it to give them the lead and basically the win. Heartbreaking loss. We were very shorthanded, but still choked in the clutch. Okay, now fast forward to present. The Kings, they're, they're devastating us. De'Aaron Fox is just carving us up, um, scoring at will. Then, we're down one. Yeah, down one? Yeah, down one. With 16 seconds to go, I think. Time out. Steve Clifford. I don't know what he says in there, but it must have been along the lines of this. Use up as much of the clock as possible and play for the win. So, Fournier gets the ball and he starts chewing down the clock Usually, most teams would go for quite a quick shot, so there's still some time left to get a rebound or or whatever, get a second chance, or even foul them, and then even if they make both free throws, you're still only down three. Not when you're the magic, mate. And Any that, sane person clutch. would probably do that. Not the magic. When the, you zig, they zag. Fournier winds the clock down, then finally dribbles in, has a wide-open Vucevic on the three-point line, but instead jumps up, Okay, firstly, Evan Fournier grew up a Sacramento Kings fan. He loved Mike Bibby. This is a what? huge game for him in That's Sacramento. He he jumps up. Uh-oh, the defender's kind of marking him quite well. It looks like he's just going to come down with the ball and land, having not shot it, because he can't <laughs> get a shot over the defender. It's looking really bad. My heart's sinking. I'm thinking, surely he's not going to just land with the ball. Instead, he throws a weird pass before he, his foot touches the ground, to Aaron Gordon, who's just kind of like in the paint somewhere, he grabs it, throws up a kind of wild shot falling sideways, um, gets contact as well, uh, scores it, and one with a second to go, hits the free throw to put, put us up two. The Kings try some weird lob play. Game over. Pure magic. Player Pure of the magic. Week, Evan Fournier. Uh, I think it's the second time player of the week, maybe um, for the Eastern Conference. No, sorry, just for this podcast for the oh. make, for this segment. <laughs> the sorry, um, I did not mean. I should have guessed. Uh, okay, amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
That, that, that is, uh, that, I felt like I was there watching it. Yeah, you should, maybe um, don't watch it. It was probably better. I probably made it sound better than it was. Okay, so do you think it was the plan was for him to drive in and pass to Gordon, or was it just a complete No, no, failure? it was... I don't know if there was any plan, to be honest. It seemed like we really didn't have a plan. But, well, this um, was ISO for Fournier, and he couldn't beat his man, but there was a there was a man open. Yeah, he wasn't really open. He kind of was like sealing his man, like in the paint kind of thing. Oh, oh, oh um, but what, what about? Um, but then maybe that sounds like a plan. But like, did he look like he was ever? Does Gordon look like his shot was? You're saying he did a weird shot. Did he just throw it up and hope, or did it look like the Magic were going to win when Gordon was shooting it? I don't think the plan was to get it. I think the plan was Fournier, um, with uh, pick and pop with. Vucevic and but then he improvised and he made the best but the weird thing was online again people were roasting Fournier the few people who watched the highlights were like roasting him being like what was he doing why did he wind the clock down Mm. and then he was just bailed out by but it's like ultimately you look at the result and it's like we got the win it was pretty clutch ultimately don't criticize the guy yeah Uh, and and, and, and can I just say just to contradict you a little bit it's not that crazy a plan if you're down one to wind down the clock take the last shot and win the game yeah, like yeah. um no, like I, it is I that like is a strategy that is a that is a strategy it's mm. not you're, you're you're right that like most people would take the shot with maybe like three seconds to go so they can tip it back in if they do miss but they obviously you can't you if you just i guess you just go gauge how confident you are that your team can generate a, a bucket which in the magic's case you'd have to be very unconfident like if i was them i'd be shooting the the shot early in the shot clock and then um and then if to get the, a rebound or then fouling sending them to the line yeah, yeah for another chance by three yeah yeah um, okay so um the other thing i just wanted to contradict because i said something before that i was like maybe that was a bit stupid just just to the point of like why i was saying why doesn't Darren fox just drive in all the time at the end of the games why doesn't just do that for the whole game sometimes you want it which is obviously a joke and physically you can't do that just iso every time although james uh, harden does try that um, part of the reason often is that the team were the Magic possibly in foul trouble, which means that driving into the paint becomes like a really efficient way to score. Um, yeah, possibly. So that's that's often a big may- factor. Maybe it was like, um, maybe we were so scared of threes. It seemed like, you know, he would just get get beat his man and then dribble in, and there'd be no one kind of in the paint. Like we were all really pressed out on three point shooters. So maybe it was partly that we were just so scared of threes, like pulling them back that like a, um, that a point just getting layups easy one of the most devastating you know it's interesting like what's like devastating at the end of the game and what's effective and the most effective thing really is just driving getting the other team in foul trouble which so many NBA teams do now and just it's what the Raptors do I kind of don't really like it but you just get the other team into foul trouble and then for the last two three minutes of the game you just get one of your two speedy point guards um, Lowry or Van Vliet to drive into the paint, throw up some garbage, get fouled, and shoot eighty yeah, percent yeah. free throws, and just win the game that way. And um, and and obviously, if they don't foul, which sometimes they intentionally don't, you've just got to make the tough layup. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Well, um, good news for the Magic, man. That's bloody good. I, I heard they were. Um, I read a stat recently. I heard a stat that they were um, uh, back to leading the NBA in opponents' points per game, but last in the NBA in points per game again. Yeah, yeah. I think that that makes sense. It's definitely our our team identity. Um, Defense. It's quite interesting for a team called the Magic. Like, you know, like 
grizzlies like kind of makes sense like grit and grind like grizzly bears could be like a putting grizzly bear in the paint not letting anyone get inside or something like that but magic sounds like a real glamour team but in this case they're more defensive magic yeah here's here's a weird thing so a big news in in magic uh in the magic this week was that they applied for um disabled player exceptions for jonathan isaac and alfarika minu and is it Al Farouk? Al Farouk Amino, whatever. Al Farouk Amino, though, is a better um, uh, so, nickname. It works in two ways. One, because he's kind of like an athletic freak, like he's really lanky. And I mean, I mean, he's not—he's no Giannis by NBA standard. He's pretty average, but like if you saw him on the street or in a pickup game, you'd be like, "That guy is an effing freak," and because he's so athletic. But also because he's physically hideous to look at, so he's like yeah. Al Farouk Amino as well. Okay. Um, I remember as a kid, there was a slam magazine that had Dirk Nowitzki on the cover and it said super freak was like the, the thing. Yeah. I think that's what it said. And I just remember at the time I was obviously very young and I just thought that was so mean. And I was like, why did he like <laughs> let them call him a freak? Yeah. And now obviously like the Greek freak, like young me would have been shocked. Also um, su- super freak was, um, song by Bobby Brown or someone. I don't know. Wow. Sorry to any 80s music lovers. Where Super Freak was like, I don't know, a, a loose woman. I'm not sure. Okay. Sorry. Um, the But Shams on Twitter, the, the guy who's often tweeting about the NBA. I don't Shams know. Shams Sharania. He's the, um, he's the, like the the uh, the athletic version of the sorry the athletic is the name of it. it's so annoying because the website's called the athletic mm. but then it doesn't sound the athletic is like now the biggest um nba news and reporting based website you know behind i guess e- espn only but they're like behind a paywall the athletic um he's their version of wojnowski wojnowski yeah like he's the guy story breaker tweets about nba is what i call them um <laughs> He tweeted, the Orlando Magic have applied for two disabled player exceptions for Jonathan Isaac and Al Farik Aminu. With the NBA, that would project season-ending losses. And again, on fantasy, my Yahoo Fantasy, where I play fantasy basketball, they said the NBA only grants these exceptions if a player is deemed medically unable to return for the duration of the season. Therefore, Orlando's application means they don't expect Isaac to play again for the season. But, like, I was shocked because I was like, why aren't Magic fans, like, we're expecting him back, hopefully. Yeah. Um, And then, so, like, everyone keeps saying that. It's like, he's out, except for Magic fans. And sure enough, like, someone just pointed out in the Shams, like, commented to Shams just being like, reminded to Magic fans, this does not mean Isaac is done for the season. A player what? can still return and play um, the same season uh uh a disabled player exception is granted. This is merely following procedure by the front office, but it's so weird. It's like, I feel like these other people have it wrong. Cause they're like saying it means he's officially ruled out. And yeah. this guy's even screenshot the rule that says like, you can yeah. come back. I, I assumed, I assumed you couldn't come back from that, but I mean, what do I know? Like, I haven't read that. Yeah, but it's weird. I'm getting really mixed messages. Ultimately, I don't know, but I think he can come back. Yeah, okay. Well, well, no, Shams says. He, no, Shams is right. I don't, don't read random people on Magic No, I'm going Reddit. with the random people. I think the okay. random people are right. Okay, well, um, Shams. shout to the Magic. They're, like, really locking He's down that. 
they're they're really linking down. No, he's he's very good. They're really you're, they're really locking down the um, seventh and eighth seed, right? They're like pretty much they're looking good, right? Um, yeah, I think they're looking good tonight. Is a big game against the Lakers. I, I'm going to come in and say it. They're going to win it. The Lakers haven't lost to a freak shit team yet, and Here's, the Magic are going to be it. I can. Just I like it. that prediction, but we are, I think, going to be a little short-handed again tonight. It so is, this year yeah. we've had horrible luck for injuries. So obviously Isaac's out. Um, Fournier is a game time decision. I feel like you. I think Anthony Davis is out, but LeBron has been just playing amazing. Oh, Anthony Davis is out. Okay, that's good news. I it think looks so. like DJ Augustine is out though, and he's I feel like kind of important. Oh, especially with Michael huge! Coming. I'd say DJ Augustine being out is bigger than Anthony Davis being out. Well, I agree. Huge. Got been thinking, got been thinking, got been thinking, and guy have come up with something. Got been thinking. Um. Pretty simple one this year, this this week. I'm annoyed that um, players, or I'm, I'm maybe copying this. Maybe I saw someone on Twitter who was annoyed. Players don't heave the ball at the end mm. of the half because they don't want to hurt their shooting statistics. Now, I'm not criticizing the players for this. What's happened in the last five, ten years is that players' shooting splits are crucial. It's why Ben Simmons gets roasted. It's why Russell Westbrook is in the MVP every year. It's um, why Kevin Durant seems to play the game. Like, you know, it's so important what they shoot from field goal, three, and free throw. And um, it's why Steph Curry is so beloved, even by analytics experts. Um, Well, it's one of the reasons anyway. And so just throwing, as a point guard, a, a player that already will have like a lower shooting percentage statistically, it really knocks you back if you're just like throwing up two or three no chances per game, right? So what we need to do is just not count like shots in the last two seconds um, from beyond halfway because play- fans love the Why halfway heat. The last two seconds, like if they have the audacity to pull up um, in regular time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because um, yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, yeah, yeah. Good point. Who's well, doing it? Yeah, good point. Good point. I mean, yeah, just any shot. Probably, I'd say that if someone's pulling up not in the last two seconds from behind halfway, it probably wasn't their fault. Like often, it would be like a pass from someone else got deflected into them. I guess maybe it might have got stolen back off them, and then they had to run back and throw it up before the buzzer, um, the shot clock. But if the other team knocks it away but doesn't gain, or just forces a Okay, well, Why don't you just make it, if you shoot it from behind halfway, it doesn't count? I guess then James Harden will be, like, trying to just shoot from there. <laughs> well, you don't want it. In, I mean, it sounds like a joke, but you don't want to incentive, incentivize people. Maybe you do. Okay. Well, that's that's Paul Don't Lie. I mean, you've already done a Paul Don't Lie, so you don't really qualify for another one. You did one at the start of the podcast. But, um, Paul is life. So just any shot beyond halfway doesn't count on the shooting statistics. I think it's, I think it's I kind like, of important. Uh, here's the thing. I was thinking about it recently, and I was like, I wonder if teams could just have some sort of um, schedule where it was like, but I was like, it's hard for them to remember who's. That would be pretty funny if a team writes down a revolving schedule so all the players share the half court heaves evenly. I just sorry, say something else. As a child, when I went to Nelson basketball games, my favorite time was in the game was cut besides dunks, which I would, it was New Zealand basketball, so it only happened like once every three months and I'd lose my mind, was Carlo Verruccio. What a good name, eh? 
What mm. Italians have the best names. He was Kiwi with Italian heritage. He would he he loved it. He would honestly go and steal the ball just to do a, like a last second heave. But he would just always do a two fisted a two handed um, chest pass from three quarter court at least, if not further. He would do, if he was doing it from the baseline. He would be doing it like one handed. I'm I, in my mind like sometimes he didn't even inbound the ball like it was a violation. The other team would score on the buzzer, and he would just like take the ball out of bounds and just one hand heave it. Like it was like his like he was he was he was not a flashy player. He was just like a steady point guard. But like mm. the two handed heave and hitting the rim was like his Super Bowl. His um, it was his dunk really well because he was very short as well. And and just as a young player, the half court heave was an important thing. And it's a real shame if players are. Um, not doing them or intentionally waiting till after the buzzer so it doesn't count on their statistics, in which case, in which case... Shut up. <laughs> now, here's my idea. Um, you know how so often at the end of games, when it's like for the game, everyone will just run down and they'll try a Hail Mary where they throw it down, hoping someone can just catch it and throw up a like a jump Tip shot. it in, yeah. Why don't people do that more often at the end of... You know, the half or the yeah. end of the quarter or whatever. It worked this year, remember? It was um, Stephen Adams to Rondo mm. with a completion. Wait, which no, was quite... Which, no, it was. What? It was like in New Zealand, man. Stephen Adams news is big. And, to um, Rondo? Yeah. To Schroeder. Oh, to Schroeder. Oh, my God. I get those two... I just get those, those two players that are interchangeable for me. Schroeder and Rondo. Two, like, point guard... I mean, Rondo lived up to his expectations in Boston. But, like, two players who, like... All the talent in the world, and just none of the, and just idiots, or something, something wrong with them that means they can't succeed like they probably should. Um, Schroeder's playing all right, though. Um, um, yeah. Okay, it's time for some movie magic. Okay, because you keep telling me not to do multiple movies, oh, they're no. really building up. Yeah, <laughs> and I've seen a lot of films. So the only one I really care about that I want to hear about. Look, can you list? Can you um? Can you list the ones you've seen, and I can pick my three I want to hear reviews of. Okay, Uncut Gems. Yes, definitely. I want to hear Little that. Woman. Uh, interested? Yeah. Um, Cats. Uh, yes. And um 1917 okay actually i want to hear all of those okay i'll go really quick it'll be speed round little women fire ass movie wow at all what i was expecting i thought it was going to be like kind of heavy and quite serious it's basically like just a great rom-com um not sorry that sounded like i was under selling it great flick five stars from me really enjoyed it uh, uncut gem. Oh, I'll build to uncut gems. I'll build to it. Um, cats. Okay, we had to leave because it, it was chaos in the cinema. What? Do you, uh, what? It was like well, it was like a screening of the room. Basically, people were just laughing like crazy, talking like crazy. It kind of annoyed me just because I was like, you know, I just don't like people just being obnoxious and it felt obnoxious like okay people were so laughing at stuff that wasn't even funny i blame just, you for just, this okay because if you just go to like a hoyts or a um reading cinemas i can't think of what an american movie chain's called amc, AMC. C, movie theaters right 
on like a Tuesday, you know, at a daytime in a big theater, you wouldn't get this. Did you go to some hipster theater where like everyone? No, no, no. no. This was regular AMC, just random night of the week. I think it's just the only people going are just people who are like, we'll go see cats and take the piss. Oh, and no. um, and so they really took the piss. And uh, maybe there was also maybe a school trip in, but it was no, hard to is, tell because I've spoken is... to other people who have seen it, and they said like, yeah, everyone was cracking up every time it showed Judy Dench or whatever. Oh, okay. The director Tom Hooper has had an absolute mare. Here's the thing: Cats, a highly polarizing musical. Mm. You, you either hate it or you kind of like it. Yeah, me. I grew up with those songs. I starred in it when I was a teenager. Oh, star, star's a bit of a push. You were, you were part of, the, part of the cast. I was starred in it. I thought uh, Grisabella you know, was a star. I have a real soft spot for Cats. I'll say it. Great stage show. People are always like, oh, it doesn't have a plot. Grow up. Be mature <laughs> about it. You don't need a plot. You can have some cats doing dances, singing songs. <laughs> grow up. It's a um, man's film. Grow up. It's a man's film. Or <laughs> I want to see a film woman. with a whole a bunch of... Man or a grown-ass woman to I want to see a whole bunch of cats coming out there, singing what they've got yes. to sing, and then leaving, never to be seen again. Yes. But here's a big part of it. A big part of it is seeing human people pretending to be cats mm. in an impressive way. Yeah. Doing impressive cat dance routines. It's impressive. I'm impressed by that. Here's what you can't do. You can't have any cgi in a cats movie not a single bit of it what did the director do it's basically like this weird video game graphics um where the only thing that's really real is the face so any dancing you see any leaps it's like i'm not impressed this is watching computer cgi stuff it's trash every time they jump they weirdly float like they're um like they're being carried on wires clearly that they've CGI'd out. It is bad. He's done a horrible job. <laughs> he's taken away any of the good the good stuff of cats, he's just completely botched. Um James Corden's career is amazing. We had to leave one third into it though, because it was just too too much noise and talking. I will see the rest of it. Um Okay. Um nineteen seventeen. 1917 okay firstly i did not know the big hook of this film which is that they've made it to so at least maybe the d- scene sorry? yeah oh sorry i did i did is it going to spoil it for me but nah. N- no they've made it seem basically the idea is it's in one shot it's oh yeah shot I-, I knew that yeah, i didn't know that movie bus. i went into it not knowing that and also kind of not liking the director, Sam Mendes, because I'm a big James Bond fan. And I felt like he, he didn't... I, why I don't hate either of the films he did, I didn't love I didn't love him as the director. Um, also, One Shot was like an annoying gimmick from music videos in 2000 and I love um, a One Shot... Okay, I'm going to come out and say I love a One Shot music video. But... And what's, a, I, what's a good One Shot music video? J. Cole, who dat? Uh, okay, go. The one with on the treadmills. <laughs> okay, go. The one where they're on the treadmills. Basically, most probably okay. Okay, go, go video. All okay, go videos. Um, um, um see a chandelier. You. I want to praise you. That um, no, you're, you're we're just listing music videos that are shot low budget. Um, uh, 
Sia Chandelier is kind of supposed to be one, and I liked that yeah, one. Yeah, right. Watch J. Cole Who That. That video is awesome. Um, but basically... Risky choice. People hate J. Cole. You shouldn't have said that. Well, he, he's really soured in my books now. But do you get like, scared about that? Albums. Do you get scared of like, like saying people who like the internet... I'm not saying like this is cancel culture or anything like that. I'm just saying like people who have not... They're not being cancelled, but they're just kind of embarrassing. Like I'm embarrassed to like Drake. Like I, I, I really like Drake. I really like his old stuff. And then quite a few of his new songs I really like as well. Um, and Nice For What? I've just been listening to that a lot. I don't know how old that is. But um, I like Nice For What? And I'm embarrassed to say it or mention it to anyone because A, there's a joke, a running joke that Drake is like a weird like weirdly like attracted to underage kids or whatever and b he's just like an embarrassing person even though he's like one of the biggest musicians in the world you know yeah i've really fallen off j cole in recent years but his early stuff i was a huge fan when i was my my, my question was was, my question was do you get embarrassed about talking about j cole now because he's often the butt i I mean i don't talk about him at all i haven't talked about him in in an age well you just mentioned on the podcast and i was like shame i know i know nah no that was but do you have any, do you have any, do you have any, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to think of another example. Ago. Okay, me and you are a big fan of the Coldplay song, Live a Vida, or whatever it's called. You know, <laughs> du, 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 I used yeah. to rule no, the world. I, we can't say that in public. I, I don't like people, I, I hate when people don't Shame like music. something because, no, don't like something because it's not cool. Or whatever you know people there's so many people like passionately just really hate ben folds and it's like because he's like, oh well i like you know like he's not like a cool person to like i don't think uh, but, but no, i don't know most people don't know who ben folds is i feel well this is a weird like um i'm trying to think of another one cats the musical Cold like, right now the the trendy yeah. thing to be would to be like it's the worst musical yeah but you know if you like something just like it it's fine yeah no, but what, 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 what if they're borderline? Yeah, but I love Drake and people are saying he's a pedophile. He, oh, well, until it's proven. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. No, um, that's, no. that's, that's a bit of a fishy area. My point was going to be is that, like, would you broadcast you're at a Coldplay concert, you know? Yeah. You reckon? Yeah. I'm trying, to think of an ex- I'm trying to think of an example. I guess you like the Land of Magic, and that's the most embarrassing thing anyone can do in the no. world. Okay, no, okay, one. we're moving on. 1917, one shot. Here's what I'll say. I was dubious going into it, because I, I felt like I didn't like the director, Sam Mendes. And for basically the first half of the film, I was completely just finding the one-shot thing a massive distraction, because mm. I was you like, just think about the that. whole time, just thinking how they were doing this, how they were doing that. Um, what it was like, like making the movie behind the scenes. Yeah. I found that very distracting for basically the first half. And then eventually you kind of just get numb to it and you just start focusing more on the movie. And by the end of it, I was like, it's insanely impressive. It's a technical masterpiece. And is it, it actually is an, one shot an, though? It, sorry? Is it actually one shot? No, no, they didn't shoot it in one shot, but... So what's it's impressive? made to be it's they, one they shot. Hit, they hit the cuts easily because that's not hard to do. They hit the cuts, yeah. Especially if you have but, dark, is it, the dark scenes like just any time the screen goes oh, dark. Oh yeah, a lot of it's dark. 
But oh, still, it's it's, just... in, it's insane. Like, like oh, we'll have a one shot film tomorrow in the dark. No, it, it's definitely by the Shoot end. On I was the like, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. It's like okay. you know, it's a it's simple story. But that just annoys me because that that for me, the one shot thing, they're insanely impressive. That's what everyone was saying about crap. Like, um, it was the same for that movie, which is fine, Birdman, and people loved it. It's like such a technical achievement, because Birdman was the original one to yeah. do that. And it's like, oh, I don't know if it was the original. It's just a, it's just a weird gimmick. It was like Avatar. It's like, yeah, That's, you made a three D film. No, but here's the thing, I felt that as well, and I, I was annoyed. I think for the first half, I was like, the only it's reason this film will be getting Oscar buzz and stuff is because of this gimmick. But ultimately, by the end, I thought it was pretty cool. It was cool, and it deserves hype. And is and is the movie in, the movie's enjoyable? Okay. Yeah, like I was like at the end, I was like, I really enjoyed that. F- f- um, uh, even war movies, like you're not sick of war movies. I went to Dunkirk, which is clearly good. No, and I was just like, oh great, here they go. Dunkirk that well, that much. But let's move on because this is way too long to talk about the movies on a basketball podcast. No, we've been no, we've been loading them up, mate. Oh, it's the end of the podcast anyway. If, if you if you don't like movies, you can. If you don't like the magic of the cinema, you can tune off now. You know, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, if you're just into the magic of the hardwood. The Orlando magic, but not the magic of the cinema. Tune out. Okay, finally, we get... Uh, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems, starring NBA All-Star, ex-NBA All-Star, Kevin Garnett. That's crazy. Again, this is a great flick. Um, hectic as hell. Like, I've never seen a movie... It's kind of cool, but it is quite stressful where there's just scenes where there's just like multiple people just talking at the same time. And you, you're just like, what the hell? This is unprofessional. Um, but ultimately, Adam Sandler, Oscar snub. Give the guy an Oscar. The guy's a star. Give him an Oscar Garnett, for the Waterboy, the man. That was classic. Sorry? Give him an Oscar for the Waterboy. That's a classic. Yeah. Do you think the Waterboy was good? Or do you think we just liked it because we were kids and it was aimed at us? I think it was good. And like, at its time... You know, it's a film of its time, kind like of. you like can that. do it. That's a classic joke. Because a lot of people now are like, it's bad. It's just a guy pretending to be... Oh, yeah. Intellectually challenged. Intellectually challenged. But, you know, at the time, that was... Happy yeah. Gilmore was good. Happy, at, the, at the time, intellectually challenged humor was cutting was, edge. Was all good. <laughs> um, no. Um, but... Uh, what was I going to say? Um, Uncut Gems... Yeah, it's hectic, but it's a great watch, and it's got quite a bit of basketball stuff in there. So, if you're an NBA fan, which I assume you are, um, and a fan of the flicks... Roughly, what sort of film is it? It's... Like, is uh, it a heist movie, isn't it? Sorry? Heist movie. No, nah, not really. It's a... Black and white. Basically, Adam Sandler... A psychosexual thriller. It's Adam Sandler Drama. and he owns a, a jewellery store in New York. And it's York. a romantic comedy. He's a he, he, no, he sells a, a ring to a woman, but um, uh, to a man for a woman, but he loves the woman. So he inscribes a message to her in the ring that only she can read. That's that's quite good. That's good. That's a good plot, right? I just thought of that yeah. then. If anyone's listening, I own the, co- the copyright regulations to that. Okay, i got to go. What do you mean you got to go? i got to go play a board game. Can I, um, just before you go, can I recommend a movie for next week? Yeah. Um, the movie Hoop Dreams. So mm-hmm. good. Everyone listening to this as well, if you've seen it recently, then fine. It's one of the greatest films of all time. It's a documentary. The only catch is that it's three hours long, so maybe watch it in two sittings. 
But I guarantee if you're into basketball, and I mean, it seems like I'm saying an idiot. It's the greatest sports movie ever. Like, of course you're going to like it. But I didn't like it because I was forced to watch it as a kid by my mum. And so it was boring when I was a kid. But as an adult, it is like, um, like you got to watch Hoop Dreams, man. There's twists and turns. It's three hours long. You probably have to illegally... Oh, I think you can get it on, on Apple Movies or something, but you might have to illegally download it. It might not, might not be that easy to get hold of, but it is round. Um, yeah, Hoop Dreams. Everyone watch it so we can talk about it next week because I want to I want to talk about some of the characters. And um, it, it's a documentary about basketball. Ten stars. Watch it. We'll talk about it next week. Cool. Have you gone? Oh, he's, he's actually left. <laughs> anyway, sorry this is long. Thanks for listening. I've been Guy Williams. That was Paul Williams. He, uh, he's, he's not, he's, he's not, he's gone. Bye. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.